Whatever that core emotion is that you refuse to feel is driving your life. And in your methods and strategies for avoiding it, you are actually keeping what it is that you want, both in terms of what you want to have, do, be, create, and how you want to feel perpetually out of reach. And even if you can feel those things, you won't feel the fullness of them, the richness of them. They will be fleeting. Hey friends, welcome to episode 12 of the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today we are going to be talking about working with our emotions, and I am also going to introduce you to this concept of the void, which is a cornerstone in my work. As humans in this life that we live in, we have often learned the lie that some emotions are good and others are bad. Some are positive and some are negative. The truth is all emotions are good, valid, and healthy when we learn to work with them in productive ways. When it comes to emotions, there's actually expansive emotions and contractive emotions, and that is how we want to categorize them. And there is a reason for that with this work that we do with process work, with working with the void, you have to know which ones are expansive and contractive, but contractive doesn't make them bad. Think about those descriptions. If an emotion is expansive, such as joy or love or peace, there is an openness to our body, to our nervous system, to our being, to our heart, to our soul. We feel expanded by them. We feel energized by them. If an emotion is contractive, we feel contracted, restricted, limited. We feel a tightness and a tension in our body. There's a weight to them. So there's no openness. There's more of a weight to these emotions. That's things like anger, rage, sadness. Emotions are just energy in motion, energy in our body that's moving around. And we have to learn to build a relationship to our emotions, meaning understanding the different flavors of them, allowing them to be present in our body without shutting them down, without bypassing them, without making them wrong. We have to find ways to let them move through us in a productive way. Because when we don't, when we bypass or stuff or avoid our feelings, they get stored in our body. They get stored in our cells, in our nervous system, our tissue, and our bones. And that is a problem unprocessed, unfelt emotions will metastasize in our body. They will make us sick. They will make us anxious and depressed. They will make our response and reaction to the things around us happening even more amplified because we're still carrying the weight of grief, of anger, of sadness that we've never allowed ourselves to feel. And when we don't give ourselves permission to feel certain emotions, we actually mute all of our emotions. So the more willing that you are to feel your sadness fully, to feel your anger fully, to feel rejection, hopelessness fully when those emotions are present in our body, the more able you are to feel the richness of joy, of love, of peace, of gratitude. When we don't let ourselves feel the contractive emotions, we're turning down the volume of all the things that we do want to feel. We're even limiting our ability to access them. When I was in my early 20s, I was incredibly depressed. And it wasn't the first time I had been depressed, but it was the second big wave of depression that showed up in my life. And I was really numb because I didn't know how to let myself feel all of the sadness, all of the grief, all of the hurt that was present in my body, even all of the anger. Women especially are taught not to feel anger, that anger is wrong for us to feel, that it's bad. But as a whole, as a collective, we're also taught that anger is not good. It's not okay. But anger is one of our most important, precious emotions. Anger tells us when our boundaries have been crossed. It tells us what's important to us, what what we're passionate about. Anger is something that we all need to feel. And so I had stuffed my anger down for years. I used to take pride in the fact 
that it's really difficult to make me angry. I'm never angry. I never feel angry. I never get mad. That's not good. That's part of why I was so numb. It's part of why it was so hard for me to access the emotions that I consciously really wanted to feel like joy, happiness, love, peace, gratitude, delight. I couldn't access those because I had numbed myself out to feeling all that was hard and heavy and contractive, all of the sadness that was in my body, all of the anger from years and years that I had never let myself acknowledge, let alone feel, all of the hurt, all the wounding. So when we shut down the contractive emotions because we're afraid to feel them or we think that they're bad and wrong, we mute, if not eliminate access completely to the expansive emotions. And we go through life thinking, I just really want to feel joy. just want to be happy. just want to feel love, peace. I don't feel anything. I'm numb. So many people are numb. And that is because they don't have a relationship to their emotions. At some point, I'm going to have on one of my brilliant friends as a guest expert to talk about the different Enneagram personality types. But for now, what I want you to understand is that we each have an individual personality type. Whether you subscribe to a certain modality for identifying your personality type doesn't matter. You still have a certain personality type. You still have a fixation as a person, things that you fixate on, ways that you move through life, certain wiring to who you are as a person. Every personality type has a certain emotion that is a no-go zone for them, meaning I will not feel that. And the reason that I love the Enneagram so much is that it ties directly into our core wounding. You know that I love to talk about core wounding. It's such an anchor point for who we are and who we be in the world. When we don't understand what our core wounds are, then we don't understand why the stories that we tell aren't true, that our winning strategy is what it is and why it comes into play, why certain things remain out of reach for us. Understanding our core wounding is vital. And once we understand it, we can start to see how all of the different life experiences, traumas, losses, woundings have shaped us even more deeply to organize around this belief, this core wound belief that we hold on a deep, deep subconscious level. So the Enneagram centers around core wounding and our motivations from there. Meaning if my core wound, which it is, is that I am damaged and broken and unlovable at my core that I don't belong, I am motivated to produce a different set of feelings so that I never have to feel my core wound. So I never have to hear those stories internally and believe that they are true. And yet at the same time, the world doesn't make sense to me if those core wounds aren't true. Our core wounds shape our worldview. They shape how we move. They shape how we perceive things because even though they're painful and we do everything that we can to avoid feeling them, they are also what makes life make sense. Because of this core wound, for a very long time, it was deeply painful for me to feel unlovable, unworthy, like I didn't belong, to feel rejection or abandonment, to feel not good enough, to feel like the oddball out. And so I would do everything that I could through my winning strategy to feel chosen, to feel special and unique, irreplaceable. So if you haven't listened to the episode on our winning strategies, please go back and check that out. We'll link to it in the show notes. It ties into this directly. We all have emotions that we refuse to feel because if we had to feel them, that would activate our core wounds and our stories. And that would spiral us into a place that we don't think we can go, that we are so certain we cannot survive. So if I have to feel unlovable, rejected, abandoned, that's going to Kill me is how it feels. Whatever your no-go emotion is, for some people that's anger. For some people that's feeling rejection or abandonment or unlovable. For some people that's fear. They refuse to feel afraid. Whatever that core emotion is that you refuse to feel is driving your life. And in your methods and strategies for avoiding it, you are actually keeping what it is that you want 
both in terms of what you want to have, do, be, create, and how you want to feel perpetually out of reach. And even if you can feel those things, you won't feel the fullness of them, the richness of them. They will be fleeting. So you have to build a relationship to your emotions, especially the ones that you work so hard not to feel. Is that rage, anger? Is that rejection, abandonment, feeling unlovable, misunderstood? Is that fear, terror, uncertainty? What do you work so hard not to feel that you are probably considering turning off this episode right now? That is the emotion, the core emotion that you have to build a relationship with. We need to build a relationship to all of our emotions, but that one especially, that is the one that will set you free when you can really learn to be with and embrace it and work with it rather than going into avoidance, rather than trying to bypass it. Here's the thing about bypassing our emotions. You didn't trick your body. You didn't win. If you got through something really sad and heartbreaking without feeling sadness or heartbreak, rejection, hurt, you didn't win. You didn't trick your body. You just bypassed feeling an emotion that is in your body. You stuffed it down. And that will resurface one way or another as anxiety, depression, numbness, in coping mechanisms, addictions, disease, illness. It will come up. If you feel sadness, a wave of sadness come up and you stuff it down and now you're good, you're strong, you're centered, you're not feeling sad. You didn't win. You didn't trick your body. It's still in your body and it needs to come out. It is energy in motion that needs to move through you in a healthy and productive way. And so we have to really look at our beliefs around emotions. What emotions do you believe are bad or wrong? Negative. Should be avoided. Should never be felt. What emotions do you absolutely refuse to feel and you will do anything in your power to avoid feeling them? Those are the emotions that you need to work with. Those are the emotions that are stored in your body right now because you haven't let yourself feel them. You've learned to be incredibly skillful at avoiding feeling them altogether. What are those emotions? There's so many different ways that we can work with our emotions. And when I do process work with clients, one of the big ways that we do that is an emotional drop through, meaning you get centered and you tune into your body, especially when you're in a contractive state, especially when it's one that you're trying to avoid. And you find the emotion. Where is it in my body right now? Is it in my chest? My lungs? How does it feel? Does it feel solid? Is it taking up a certain amount of space? Does it have a weight to it? Is it fluid? If it had a color, what would that color be? If it had a texture, what would that texture be? Really being present with where it is in your body and allowing it to be there and learning to sit in the discomfort of feeling these emotions that you don't want to feel. Because that's all they need is to be felt. And where we go wrong with this is that we start to tell a story about it. So rather than just feeling the raw sadness, grief in my chest, in my lungs, I'm going to go into story about how I was rejected and abandoned and why. Because I'm unlovable. I'm damaged. I'm broken. Not good enough. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. And then we're going to pull up all the memories that support and reinforce this. This is just like what happened with so-and-so. This is just like what my mom told me would happen. That teacher from third grade was right. I really am incompetent and stupid. That little boy that teased me in first grade, he's right, I'm ugly. And we don't do this because it feels good. We do it because it reinforces our worldview. It's painful, but it's how the world makes sense to us. If these things are true, because they're driving everything on a subconscious level, the world makes sense. It hurts, it's painful. It will cause us to activate our winning strategy and push what we want further and further away. It will cause us to contort ourselves, to try to get love and belonging, 
safety, security, success, and we'll get unhappier and unhappier, sicker and sicker. But the world makes sense. This is why it's so important to be in alignment and know ourselves. I know my core wounds and my core wound stories. I have done the work to heal and process out my traumas, my limiting beliefs, my fears, old wounding, old grief, to feel everything that needs to be felt that has been left unfelt for years. And in doing this, it makes it easier to feel going forward in real time. I cry when I'm sad, even when it's really inconvenient. I cry. I'm angry when I'm angry. I feel my rage and fury. I feel my hurt, my rejection, my abandonment. I feel what is present in me in real time because I know that in doing so, all of the expansive things that I want to feel, they will be fuller, richer, more real, more lasting. But we can't do this if we haven't done the deeper healing and clearing work because we're not just in resistance to feeling sadness in this moment. We are in resistance to the sadness of this moment and all of the unfelt sadness that comes with it because we haven't let ourselves feel and process it. Process work is confronting. It is challenging. It is revealing. It is the most uncomfortable work you will ever do. And I don't sugarcoat that, but it will give you access to everything that you want to feel, everything that you desire, that you are fighting so hard to cultivate in yourself, but you are failing to do, to bring up, to feel, to experience. You might even have the people and things, relationships, opportunities that you were so sure you should feel happy and grateful for, but you feel nothing because every time that you have felt a contractive emotion, you have avoided it or you have avoided and bypassed certain emotions and sets of emotions because they're a no-go zone for you. You refuse to feel them. You refuse to process and clear the limiting beliefs and stories that come with it, the traumas that have reinforced it. You have to do that deeper healing work. There is no easy button, but there is process work. There is dropping into yourself, your body on a deeper level and excavating what's been stored. Sometimes a whole bunch of stuff will move all at once. And sometimes you have to face and work through things one by one. And sometimes you will face and work through things one by one and have to do it again and again until it's really cleared. Process work is ongoing. We do that deeper processing and clearing and we practice and we learn to feel our emotions in real time to move them through us in productive ways. Anger is a great example for this. If you're angry, how can you move that in a safe, healthy, and productive way? I knew somebody that would go find like a raging river or a waterfall and scream at the top of their lungs to move that anger out. But if we have a story that anger is bad, that screaming is bad, we won't go and do the thing that we need to do to move it. And if we use it in a bad and harmful way, meaning I scream at someone, I throw things around, I punch the wall, I hurt myself, I hurt other people. That's not productive. So how can you move your anger in a productive way? Can you go to one of those smash rooms? You just get to break stuff. Can you take something, go buy something specifically to smash it? If you're conscious to the outlet, you're not putting anyone in harm's way, including yourself. It's productive. How do you get it out of you? Just the raw energy and emotion. It is there because it needs to be felt. And in feeling it, we move it out. How do you need to feel it? Sadness. Is that just crying a little bit or is that sobbing and wailing, ugly crying, rocking as you just let it all pour out of you? What is the emotion that's present in your body and can you tap into it? Can you let it be here? Can you learn to be comfortable with it, to welcome it, to give it grace, to give it space, to be heard, to be felt? And that's another way that we can build a relationship to our emotions. You're tuning into where it is in your body, how it feels, how it looks, if it had a color, a texture. 
If this emotion could speak, what would it say? And just listening. There's a difference between the story in our mind and the sharing of our emotion. What's in the sadness? What's here? Anger had something to say. What would anger say? Feeling violated right now. Disrespected. I really care about this. And I'm really upset that it's not going the way that I thought it would. I'm not okay with how this person is talking to me. I'm not okay with this request. What would anger say to you? Not the story that you tell about your anger and what it means about you to be angry or what it means that the other person did or said or the situation. What does the raw emotion have to communicate to you? And are you willing to feel it and be with it long enough to hear that and move it out of you in a healthy and productive way? I want to do a whole episode on transmuting our emotions because that's like next level emotional work. I transmute my emotions all the time. I change their form into something else, which is not bypassing. In order to transmute, turning my rage and fury into like powerful, productive work in the world, you can't bypass, which means you have to have a relationship to your emotion. You have to feel what's here, what wants to be felt. And you have to feel everything that you haven't felt from the past. You have to stop telling stories, which means you have to understand your core wounding and your winning strategy. All of this works together. And when you're able to have a relationship to your emotions, you create so much leverage, so much freedom in yourself. You're not weighed down by them. I can be joyfully happy when I'm joyfully happy because I'm willing to be sad and angry when I'm sad and angry. There's a balance to it. The more that we're willing to feel on the contractive side, the more rich and fulfilling it is on the expansive side. If we are unwilling to feel what is contractive, we will mute or eliminate access to all that is expansive. You can't just never feel angry. You can't just never feel sad. To do that, you will mute or eliminate your joy, your happiness, your love, your peace, your gratitude. And the thing with the contractive emotions, especially when there's anger and especially when there's grief, what we're often afraid of is that if I go into this, I won't come out. I remember with my grief in the early days after my loss, really, truly believing, even though intellectually I knew this wasn't how it worked, but really, truly feeling and believing that if I go into this grief, it will consume me. It will destroy me. I will simply cease to exist. It was that big and intense and heavy, that overwhelming. Grief is gutting. And so when we're afraid... Even if logically we know that that's not how it works, I cannot just feel sad and poof, cease to exist. But that is how it feels. When you can go past where you think it will consume and destroy you, that is when it will move. But we never let ourselves go there. And that won't happen or be productive and good if we're telling stories and we're moving it in unproductive ways. So if I am feeling my anger past the point that is comfortable to me, past the point where I think if I go into this, it will destroy me. It will destroy all that is good in me. But I'm just feeling the anger and I'm letting it move through me in a productive way. Once I pass that point, there is a lightness and a peace, or there is another layer of emotion that needs to be felt. Anger is often a mask for sadness and hurt, for other contractive emotions. So we learn to move through the layers. And I'm going to give you a brief overview of that on this episode, something you can start practicing. But when we move past that point that we think is a point of no return, we open into what's next. There might be layers. Rage might go to sadness, might go to hopelessness, might go to hurt, might go to a different flavor of rage, anger, fury. But we can't get to those layers if we're unwilling to feel what's present, what's at the surface. And eventually, 
we will open into an expansive state because we have allowed what is here and contractive to move out of us. And in doing so, we have opened. We have opened at a level that we can't access any other way except through emotions. So this is where the void comes into play. If you're not familiar with my experience of the void, I talk a lot about it in Journey Mapping, my healing and growth program. And the void is essentially the gateway, the access point, the layer between layers. And it's what allows us to deepen into our connection to self and source. And the void sits between contractive emotions and expansive emotions. We work with the void directly through process work. And I have had multiple experiences over my life around this concept of the void. I will be talking more about the void in coming episodes, in coming experiences that I'll be offering. So there will be more around that. You can check out my blog if you're interested in learning more about the void and definitely check out journey mapping. We work directly with the void and journey mapping. And we also talk about it in some of my other programs. But for our context today, the void is the gateway. And what we do in process work and what we should seek to do when we're feeling our emotions is to move through the void, meaning deepening into ourself, into expansive emotions, into our connection to source. So anytime that you feel a contractive emotion, here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Sit with it. Be present with it. Feel it wherever you feel it in your body, in your being. Build a relationship to it. How does it feel? How does it take up space? Does it have a color or a texture? If it had something to say, what would it say? Separating out the story of your mind and your subconscious, your winning strategy, your old traumas and wounds. Separate that out. What does the emotion have to say? And can I just be present with the emotion and the sensation in my body? And can I really sink into it more? Let it wash over me. Let it expand. Let it grow bigger and bigger. Past the point that is comfortable for me. Can I sit in it until I have felt it all the way through and I drop through to what is next? So we do that consciously when we can. I'm going to feel my anger, my rage. I'm going to be with it. Where is it in my body? What does it have to say? I'm going to let the sensations grow and be bigger and wash over me. And I am going to be intentional about dropping through just beyond and beneath it. If it opened into something else, what would that something else be? What is just beneath, beyond, inside of my anger? I might drop into sadness. I do the same thing. I let my sadness be here. I feel it fully in my body. I dialogue with it if it has something to share with me. I let it expand and grow bigger and wash over me, envelop me. And I get consciously intentional about dropping through it. If something wanted to come up through my sadness, if something was just beneath or beyond my sadness, what would that be? And there I might find disappointment. And I'm going to drop through all of the contractive emotions that are here, being present with them, letting them wash over me, dropping through them to what's next. And eventually what happens is one of two things. We either reach the void, which is the sense of nothingness, this pocket of darkness, of nothingness, of calm. It's just this empty space. And sometimes this scares us to not feel anything. We're not numb, but we're not feeling anything. We don't know what this uncertain, dark, empty void is. The void is the gateway. So if you can do the same thing, if you can be present with that nothingness and just sit in the space of it and become familiar with it, and then consciously, intentionally try to drop through that, just like you have all the contractive emotions, you will deepen into expansive emotions. Now, some people bypass the void altogether. I do. I drop right through it. I don't have to even stop in it. I go from contractive to expansive. Other people will hit the void and go back up into contractive. And that's because there's a resistance to this void, this nothingness, this doorway, this in-between, this layer between layers, very unfamiliar to us. 
So we will jump back up into our contractive emotions and we will loop because we can't quite let ourselves drop through. And that just means there's more for you to work on and get comfortable with, especially around the void. But when we move through our contractive emotions, whether we hit the void or we bypass it, we will eventually always hit expansion. And when we can do the same thing with those expansive states, when we can drop deeper into the layers of them, we will reach what is source for us. What is our highest self? What is our connection to self and source and the universe? That's different for everyone. For me, it's always love. For some of my clients, it's joy. It's peace. It's different things, but it's expansive. And so we can drop ourselves through the contractive emotions by processing through them, by being present with them, building a relationship to them and move through everything that's there, and we will land in expansion. We might hit that void, that gateway, that sense of nothingness. And there are ways that we can be moved through that. That's why process work often requires someone supporting you, because we will resist, and we won't know that we're doing it. We will loop on contraction and not realize it's because we are in resistance to the void. It's because we're going into story that we can't seem to stop. So having support with this is important, especially when you're first doing the work. But can you at least build a relationship to your emotions and move through those layers? Can you at least try to access that sense of nothingness or even drop right through into expansion? And even once you hit expansion, can you deepen into it and find what source feels like for you, your connection to yourself, your highest self, the universe, God? What does that feel like for you? Once we do that, we can do tremendous healing and clearing work. We can get clarity around big visions and what we need to do to make the impossible happen, we can tap into our highest self. And that's what happened to me when I accidentally fell through the void for the first time. I was in a very contractive state. I had just gotten into a fight with my then boyfriend. I think I was like 24 years old, living in Hawaii, driving around, just crying. And I started crying so hard that I had to pull over at an overlook. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm just sitting there in the car and I'm sobbing. And next thing I know, it's like I slipped and I fell through the void. I was still aware of myself sitting in the car, but it's like all of me was out amongst the stars, connected to the universe. And I had the clearest sense of who I was here to be, what it felt like to live my fullest expression at that time. It was connected to everything that I was fighting so hard and failing to cultivate in myself and my life. I knew suddenly it wasn't just this idea. It was something I could feel in my being, in my body, in my nervous system. I felt peace. I felt connection to a kind and benevolent universe. I had access to a sense of spirituality that I had never had before that. So when we work with the void and we go through this gateway and we connect to our sense of source, there's so much clarity that comes with that, that we can't access any other way. But if we're not willing to be with and feel our contractive states, we can't move through them to access the expansion, to even access the void. That requires a relationship to our emotions. Deeper healing and clearing work requires a relationship to our emotions, especially the ones that we refuse and fight so hard not to feel. What is your relationship to your emotions? What are the emotions that you are unwilling to feel that you are so certain you have tricked your body into not feeling? And are you willing to go there? Because it's required to make the impossible happen, to live your fullest expression and to create a life that's fully aligned for you. You have to have a relationship to all of your emotions expansive and contractive, and especially the ones that for you, you refuse to feel. What is your relationship to your emotions? And are you willing to deepen into this work? Knowing that in doing so, all of the expansive states will be richer and fuller. 
and everything that you deeply desire will become more accessible to you. Are you willing to do that work? That's my invitation to you is to build a relationship to your emotions. And if you need support, please check the show notes. Journey mapping is an excellent resource for this. Actually go into working with the void, give you process work. Actualize is also a great resource for this. It's all about coming into alignment, knowing and understanding yourself, your personality, your unique wiring, really unpacking your subconscious programming, your core wounding so that you have the freedom and leverage to show up fully expressed, to create what it is that you feel called to create. So be sure to check the show notes and I will be back soon with another episode. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals. Plus, our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.